As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's weird being in this configuration again. I but know. But I'm so glad you're back in the studio. I'm back. And you know what it is? What? It's our 10th episode. Tenth I've got you something. Episode. Which was going to be a surprise, but you probably already saw it when you were going back and forth. <laughs> this is a little balloon uh, with the number 10 on it for our 10th episode. And oh, I thought we could like, like, tie it somewhere in yeah, our Yeah, I like shot. that you're not actually handing it to me. Yeah, we'll figure that out um, during the intro music. By the <laughs> way, speaking of which, could we not say... Like, let's roll the intro music every you time. change it up? You say, yeah. let's start that groovy track. Drop the needle. Is, what? Is that a thing? Um, you, that is a thing. You drop needles. Or just like, let's, <laughs> hey, let's get started. Or, or. If it. If it's not broke, let's not fix it. Okay, never Let's mind. roll the intro music. Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and dads. The funny thing is, I definitely saw the balloon, but I started to think, like, oh, maybe, maybe that's something, and then I, I just gave up. Did you see the number ten though? Yeah. Wasn't that like a clue? No. Huh. I mean, yes, but I didn't, I didn't begin. You didn't process put it together. It. Well, good. Then surprise no. has been maintained. I'm very surprised. By the way, yes. Warnings are worse than watches. <laughs> we want to clear that up from a couple episodes ago when we were talking about tornadoes, and we got it backwards. Mm. A watch is when the conditions are favorable to the formation of a tornado. A warning is that that it's actually been cited. So take warnings very seriously. That's, you know, if there's been a lot of that going on, a lot of terrible weather and destruction and mayhem, and just so much going on in the world in general. When I was on the flight over here, it was really funny. Um, I mean, I guess it wasn't funny. I gotta stop. I gotta stop saying things are funny when they're actually just scary. Peculiar. <laughs> Peculiar. Um, but the captain turned on the fastened seatbelt sign, and he said, "He was like, yeah, you know, there was a hurricane, and we're actually gonna be flying through the remnants of it, so might get a little bumpy, guys." Buckle up. Yeah. Have you ever been up. on like really scary turbulence on a plane? Yes. Yes. When was that? Was I with you? Um, at sometimes it's really funny because about like a year ago, whenever we got really bad turbulence, I would actually have so much fun with it because it felt like a roller coaster to me. And I hadn't been on roller coasters in so long that the little like up and down, I guess, was really fun. Yeah. Except when it gets a little too bumpy and then you're like, ah, oh, chill out, chill out. <laughs> it's okay. The worst for me was I was on a flight, you know, traveling for speeches and I had just gotten a glass of water, a big long, <laughs> a, you know, full glass of water. Yep. And I just requested a cup of coffee, which was going to be coming soon. Mm -hmm. Flight attendant was in the aisle and the plane just started going violently up yeah. and down, no warning or whatever. And I started playing this game because the water was 
literally flying out of my cup and then I was catching it back in the cup and I just I was became so focused on just the water game that I was playing mm-hmm. and now it's and and the flight attendant meanwhile it went flat in the middle of the aisle like and ho- was holding onto the seats it was like that like That's you described so like a scary. roller coaster and when I got done I still had all my water and the person who was sitting next to me went that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember when you came home from that trip and you explained that story and then we all went on the back porch with glasses of water and we're trying to throw it up and catch it at the same time. Exactly. Crazy. So do you have any stories for me? Oh my gosh. A man tried to kill me. Not. What? I don't know if he was going to, he wasn't going to kill me. Who is this guy? he was very upset at me. I, this is a story for later. I'm not ready to. Jump for later in the episode or yeah, another yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. Later in the episode. Okay, well, I just need stay tuned, kids. That's what you call a tease, it. I think, in the business. Or you're saving it for an appropriate time. It is cool. It's weird, but it's cool to have you back. Like, it's been awkward, right? I mean. Oh, my goodness. You coming home, it's like wonderful. And at the same time, it's our rhythm's a little bit off. Yeah, so a little bit of like, um, I guess, back, not backstory. I was picked up last night. My dad picked me up last night from the airport. And we had a moment in the car where we were just kind of sitting there and our conversation was really strange and awkward and just not clicking as we usually do. Mm-hmm. And so I I looked at him and I was like, did we forget? Did we forget how to communicate with one another? Because like this is not going well. It was really sad. I almost started crying. We almost called off the podcast completely. Yeah, we almost, I almost it, went back to LA. I was like, forget this. I think we're getting better at it though. You know talking what? Talking or podcast? You know, talking in general. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Uh, having you home like now after you've been gone for about a month is, is making me realize just how much I miss Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. So on that note, no, um, no, no. I have I'm, another therapy session coming up. Yeah, we, yep. I know you do. But let me first explain. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is Eddie's not going to be home for a considerably long time yet still to come. And just the fact that you can come and go a little bit. And we, I did get to see Eddie in the Carolinas. And we're going to get to see a show next week in, yeah, in Virginia. You, so we're, him way we're more seeing than him. But having you home yeah. is much better than just meeting you somewhere. And, For sure. and the familiar, and, I'm, and I, I guess I was empathizing with also how much Eddie misses the home environment too. Oh my gosh, So I yeah. can't wait till all of us are back together. That's what I mean. Absolutely. So you mentioned therapy. Therapy, I did. I had a therapy session last week and I'm having another coming up. And you know who that therapy is with? Yep, it's with BetterHelp. And this podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp. We're big fans. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website and read their testimonials and visit betterhelp.com slash wholesome. That's betterhelp.com slash wholesome and join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for Magazine Dad's Wholesome Chaos listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wholesome. So we were just, you know, another part of the weirdness was having you back in the house last night. And you know, like we didn't have any groceries. I had forgotten to charge the no, car. So was... I had to stop to get like charging the car on the way home. So I don't think you felt like we had like... 
anticipated your arrival and really prepared. Not at all. Yeah. No, probably because you hadn't. Um. No, we've been busy. We just got back from a road trip. <laughs> I've been busy. I know. Life is busy. It's wholesome chaos, right? But it's always a little bit different chaos when you're around. There's a different energy, a different frequency, and it's wonderful. It's great. It's been funny because we are so happy to like be back around each other it's my mom, my dad, and I and our puppies in the house right now. And I, I remember waking up this morning and I was in my own bed and I could smell food cooking, like breakfast was cooking. That was me. I figured. Um, and I could hear like my parents' voices and everything. And that was so cool. And I just had the overwhelming feeling of like, wow, nothing is better than waking up at home. It felt like Christmas. It felt like a holiday or something. It was great. Um, yeah. But along with all the great things... There have also been a few things that we what? have quickly remembered. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, the things that kind of irritate us about each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maggie was uh, sitting at the table and, and she was, you know, she's got this habit of when she's at the kitchen table and we're all at the table, when she feels like she's done, she pushes the table, like, literally away from her to create more space so she can get out. Because I guess it is a tighter fit, whatever. But it is. There's a couch right behind me, so I don't have that much space. But it's like the whole table moves. Anything that's on the table kind of wobbles. It gets precarious. And so that happened, and I was just like, well, I missed that, which is weird for me because I normally don't get sarcastic. But it was... um, it was it was funny. It made you laugh. It was funny. And, and then, then you called it back later when Yeah, well even before that, later that night, I I always like growing up like to shower in my parents' bathroom instead of mine because it was a better shower, the water <laughs> pressure was better. And I literally I was walking up and you were going to bed or something. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shower real quick. You're like, Oh, I was I was gonna shower, and you, you're just like, ah, missed that. Like, <laughs> like having to literally not be able to shower. No, it's all all the idiosyncrasies are so well worth it. Though. What did I call you up? Oh, it was the the they, trust me. Trust me. My dad has this habit of yeah. whenever he's doing something that's not quite well thought out. I think out. it's pretty much all guys. No, it's not just me. No, because I've been around other guys in my life. <laughs> nobody else does this. Well, not nobody, but um, he does this thing where if we question him on something um like hey like oh maybe maybe we should think this through he just goes no no, no trust me trust me like i know what i'm doing trust i imagine me. that's really annoying to hear <laughs> yeah. yeah especially because it doesn't always work out from my mindset though it's be me basically thinking it takes more time for me to explain and make a case for why i'm going to do what i'm about to do and by the time i get done doing that i could have already just done it and showed you how well it works and you'll appreciate it mm. Yeah. Is that usually how it plays out? It's usually, it's basically <laughs> me pretending I'm alone. Like, like yep. just, just pretend, I won't, just pretend I'm alone and you guys aren't here right now mm-hmm. and just let me do my thing and then we'll talk about it afterward. That's what I did last night when I wouldn't let your mom talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so. I also said some things were pretty awkward too, but oh I think embarrassed God. you. I, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I had that thought too, where I was like, I've been living by myself and been around friends for the most part so I was like oh like my filter like I have to filter things I say and just like my my humor is a little different I guess but that didn't stop you I guess (laughs) we're we're a very no filter family in general yeah um but no last night I was very I think I just had like sensory overload where I'd been in an airport for a long time just around people haven't like had time to myself in a while and so when, like, all my parents wanted to do was talk, I was like, guys, I'm literally going to cry. Like, I just need, like, 
10 minutes of silence or something. And so for some reason, we decided to play a high-stress card game. Yeah, nerds. <laughs> to, to fix all that. Which didn't, didn't work out so great. I won every time, so it worked out great for me. <laughs> uh, I, you know I only play that game to humor you and mom. Well, yeah, and that was the it's thing. It's not my thing. Is I felt like mom really needed it because you don't play with her. <laughs> well, she's played cribbage with me twice. Tw- only twice? And I won once and she won once. Three times. Mom sang three times. Once we didn't get th- around the board even once before you were re- redirected into something else. I don't recall. <laughs> mom just said, whose fault was that? I got a phone call? <laughs> Oh, well. Well, all we can do is live in the moment, the wholesome chaos that Trust we have. Trust me. That's, <laughs> it's fine. And that's the other part of this week is like you're only here for what, five days? Not even. No, th- three. No. I leave in three days. I leave on Saturday. What day is it? And you want to do 10 TikToks <laughs> yeah. and, and we have other things that we want to do. And I want to see my grandparents. Want to play pickleball. I want to play pickleball. I want to see my friends. Want to go do, ta- do some diving I TikToks. Some diving. I want to take a bath. Parts. Oh my gosh, I miss having a bath. Sometimes I just sit on the floor of the shower, but then I fall asleep. Yeah. I probably didn't need to tell the internet that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad habit of mine is I hey, literally. Yeah, do you Maybe we should do say? a question. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell we're a little bit out of practice. (laughs) But we're having fun. It's really awesome to see you. This is a question from Ryan, and it was a longer question. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to uh, summarize, um, it's about imposter syndrome. It's about the idea of feeling like you're somebody you're not and uh, or basically like you're being put in a position where you have to succeed. In in Ryan's case, at work, he's being asked to do things he doesn't really quite know how to do. He's kind of figuring out as as he goes, and yet people look to him as the expert. And so imposter syndrome. Do you ever feel that way, Maggie? Oh, my goodness, all the time. Yeah, it's very common. I especially felt that, um, like, I guess in trips out to L.A. last year where I would be hanging out with or, like, collaborating with people and it was just kind of a, it was like, how, oh my gosh, how did I manage to like pull this off to like get in the room with these people? Because I felt like such a fraud. Mm. It was like, all this is just a game of chance or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they've worked for this. They've done this. When in reality, like I've worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Just the fact that you're in the room probably means you should be in the room. Yeah. You have something to contribute. For sure. But um, I definitely felt that. Even like in acting growing up and stuff like that, where you just, you're always your worst critic in my mind. Like, I'm always the first one to absolutely critique myself, probably too harshly. Um, and I think that is a huge part of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're too hard on yourself. Like, give yourself credit where credit is due. You're doing your best. It's a big thing in the speaking world, too, because you have to put yourself out there as the expert, or, you know, who am I to stand up on stage with the audacity to say, like this is the the way you live your life, or these are the tools for success, or whatever it is your expertise is, and you know the whole idea is fake it till you make it. You've heard that expression, yeah, which is not exactly right because, um, I, I mean, I get the sense of it, but it's more like if you're in the game, if you're like putting yourself out there into something new, and you're in an, a learning situation, which we always are. Like you have to be around people where you're learning all the time. 
and stretching into new areas. So you go into this new area and it's like you're on the field of that thing, whatever it is. You may have a certain limited skill set, but everybody's skill set is limited in some way. Mm -hmm. So we don't all have all of the answers. But the point is, just because you're on the field or in the room, you are in the game. And so you've got to kind of own that and realize um, it's not so much faking it. It's you're in the process of becoming what's necessary to actually do it better or to do it honestly. Rise to the occasion. Rise, rising to the occasion. I actually did a video about this, about imposter syndrome, Ryan. So I'll put this um, in the show notes, the link to that video, which will help you. But basically, um, the whole concept is to say we're becoming what's required to, to fully uh, engage with that challenge. And so in order to do that, you've got to be really clear at identifying what the gap is you're working on, like between what your skill sets are now and what you really need. What does that gap look like? Uh, another way is like drawing the similarities and saying, even though this feels new and completely un, you know, completely original to me, it's not. There's something you've done in your past that's similar in some way. So you got to draw that distinction or that parallel to what's already been done and then just kind of like step into it and, and transform into that person that knows the right answer. Like, what would I do if I already knew how to do this? Yeah, and like some, you have the capacity. Yeah, exactly. The biggest thing is the mental thing. But and then and the other big thing is just understanding and recognizing that everybody's going through it. Like it's not just you. This is something we all deal with, and it's part of growing, right? Yeah. And and surrounding yourself in LA with with people who are all in that mindset of growing and learning and doing and becoming. Yeah. Um, you said something to me. I want you to elaborate on, which you know we, we you hear about. You know, some people ask us as parents, "Are you nervous about your daughter going out there?" and being swept up in LA and all the influences, you know, negative influences or whatever. Um, but you said something to me is, dad, good people find good people. Yeah. And I thought that was so I, profound and succinct and just really, like, tell me more about that. I've found such good people. Um, I feel like it's, I'm trying to trying to figure out how to explain this. Like, yeah, good people want to surround them. You want to surround yourself with like-minded people in general, um, which is good. It's great to have people you get along with. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've just hit the lottery with like people in LA. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this a little bit a while ago where I said um, my first week in LA, I was like, Every single person I've met is nice. Like, there's no mean people in LA. And then all my hometown friends were like, babe, <laughs> they're not all nice. They're just all fake. And <laughs> I did come to realize that about some people. Right. But for the most part, like, good people, when they, like, see something, I guess, like, when they respect you, when they appreciate you, when they enjoy your quality time, they obviously want the best for you as well. And that's been a really cool thing is like, I guess people kind of looking out for me in LA, which is something I was not expecting. I was very much of the mindset of like, I'm going to- Everybody's on their own. Yeah, like everyone like, for themselves. I'm going to figure this out by myself. Like at the end of the day, it's me looking out for me. And that's not even it. Like I have people who check in on me all the time. And in turn, I have people I check in on all the time. Like it's kind of like- um, what's what's it called like the butterfly effect i guess like someone shows you kindness so you show someone else kindness. reciprocity maybe, maybe. reciprocity um yeah but butterfly just, effect is a little different yeah actually i have no idea what 
We'll talk about that another okay, time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Forget I said that. Edit that yeah. out. <laughs> but yeah. It's all good. No, people, people are great. I'm But ge- they're so like genuinely fun. interested in your well-being. Yeah. And, and they want you to succeed. Yeah, like what the heck is up with that? Like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's up with that is that human beings just naturally want to find connection. They want mm-hmm. to find that person that they can trust and like, like be real with. Yeah. And so when you can only be vulnerable to someone you can trust. Mm-hmm. And so when you prove to them that your trustworthiness, your trustworthiness um, and that you're committed to like growth and it doesn't take a lot of, uh, one thing about trust is good people genuinely presume trust with people. And then when they lose it, when they've been like, when you prove that you're not trustworthy, mm. it's really hard to get it back. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, always being that stand-up person and focusing on the other person is is really a good thing. Something super-duper interesting. I'll make this real quick. But um, for the longest time, like, for this whole past year, um, like, freshman year of college or whatever, my hometown friends and I, my high school friends, we always had the joke. Um, I guess, like, mainly, like, three of us because the others did make friends, but, like, none of us made friends at college. <laughs> like, none of us made new friends. And it was the, during quarantine and yeah, it was yeah, weird, yeah. College, weird time. College was interesting, to be fair. Like, you weren't supposed to meet people because yeah. you were supposed to be cautious and safe. Um, but we kind of have this joke where we're like, we're good. Like, honestly, I don't even have the need to make new friends because, I mean, these have been my people for 10 years or so. Like, we know each other's trauma. We know each other's drama. Like, we don't have to do any explaining. Um, And being in L.A., this is the first time when I've met people and been, like, I'd actually like to get to know you better. Like, I would actually like to aid you in life and, like, just be a friend to you. Um, like I, I want to seek out those relationships with people now, mm-hmm. which is new. And honestly, I'm probably going to get texts from my friends after this where they're like, no, how could you? We made a deal. <laughs> no new friends. Well, there's nothing like old friends. There's nothing oh like gosh, high school friends sure. and friends for life. I'm trying to get all my friends to move out to LA. I'm yeah, not even kidding. You're trying to get us to move out to LA. <laughs> yeah. This is quickly becoming more than a two month enterprise. I'm feeling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we established that. <laughs> a guy can hold out hope. <laughs> you, no, it's like it, it's fun though. It is. It is a. It is an interesting place. You know, there's a story about um, a traveler who's walking on his way to a city, and he meets someone coming in the other direction, and he says, uh, "I'm going to paraphrase this story and shorten it." Okay. And he says, "Oh, I'm on my way to this town. Can you tell me?" And he's he said, "What's it like?" And he said, well, what, what was the last town like? And, and he said, oh, you know, people, they were horrible. Everybody wanted something from you and, and nobody was nice. And they were selfish. And they were greedy and you really couldn't trust anyone. And he said, yeah, it's, it's pretty much going to be like that here too. And they said, oh, he shook his, head, shook his head in disgust and walked on toward the city. And, I, and about an hour later, he passed another person who was walking that direction. And he said, hey, I've never been to the city you've just come from. What's it like? And he said, well, oh. tell me, what, what was the last place you were at? What was that town like? And he said, that was wonderful. People were kind and interesting and they took care of you. And it, everything was like an adventure. And I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's going to be exactly like that here too. Expectations and just like mindset. I might have said this on a podcast before, so I apologize if I did. But something that really did switch my mindset is because I was kind of going to LA with the idea of like everyone, everyone's out for themselves, da 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 da. You know, not going to be great because my visits to LA weren't always the best. 
Um, and Mark Schulman told me when he found out that I was moving to LA, a friend of ours who's a drummer, he's drummed for Pink and a bunch of people. Um, but he said, he got so excited when he heard I was moving to LA and he said, LA is a wonderful place. And it kind of took me back for a second because I was like, okay, even people who live in LA often don't say that. And he followed it up and he said, LA is a wonderful place for those who want it to be a wonderful place. He was like, you got you to gotta enjoy it. You've got to go in with the mindset that it's going to be great. Because if you, like you're saying, if you're walking around like shaking your fist at everything, getting annoyed at everything with the expectation that everyone's out to get you, then you're not going to have fun. No. But I'm having a blast personally. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> so. I can tell. And mom and I are going to come out there and see you in a few weeks. And that's going to be amazing. I think y'all should buy like a tiny house. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> hey, you want to switch topics? And Question two. Question two. Okay, so so this is a question that came to me, but I, I would like to hear you answer it. So, Dan, how did you and your wife meet, and what is your relationship story? And this is from uh, Delia. Yeah. And, and do you? And so I thought it would be interesting for mm-hmm. you to, like, how much do you know about like how I met your mom? Well, how I, I met your mother, the which two could of be them. a TV show. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I uh, uh, <laughs> I kind of set them up. <laughs> So, um, no, I, I've heard this story a few times. Um, you were working, mm-hmm. mom was working at the time in Atlanta, and then you walked in, and you were kind of, as as she said many times, that cute Dan Thurman. Um, and we were working on? A, um, a murder mystery. A murder yeah? mystery, and mom's role was? She was the murderer. She writer. Was, she was the writer of the show. Yep. Yeah. And, and okay, good. So <laughs> far, so murderer. good. Keep going. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> you walked in, and she was kind of in a place in her life where she wasn't looking for anything. Right. She was like, yeah, yeah, he's cute, but whatever. And her roommate um, and best friend, Tony, was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't name drop. Should I name drop? Is that okay? All right. Sorry, I won't say the last name. <laughs> um, but she was like, oh, my gosh, that cute Dan Thurman. And so mom tried to, like, set you guys up together. Well, it wasn't um, necessarily she wasn't in the right place. She found out I was a few years younger than her, and she was of the impression that all men who were, you know, all men were immature. And so her only chance of, like, <laughs> She's being always with been a, a smart woman <laughs> who could be as smart as she was and w- willing to hang or able to hang would be some older dude and so when she found out I was younger, even though there was like that chemistry and we'd been flirting, she was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, we're flirting. And and like, you know, I was cast within the show as a performer. I was doing my juggling pr- performance, but also a character. And she had me shot several times during the show. So she, I knew she was flirting <laughs> with me. I was, uh, I would change, um, I had to change outfits and shirts because I'd get shot. My shirts would get bloody. And so I'd be like flexing, like oh, down the okay. hall from her. And <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. find out till later, like she didn't have glasses and she couldn't see anything. I was just flexing for nobody. <laughs> That's really funny. But I had decided, like, I was going to ask her out at the conclusion of the, the whole production, like not to interfere with the, the way things were going in the big show, mm-hmm. but to wait till the cast party. Keep it professional. Keep it professional. And so as I'm, you're flexing down the hall. <laughs> so, I, so I'm showing up at the, at the cast party, and Tony comes up to me. Your mom's roommate, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, I've heard about you from Shelia. and 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 she Tony starts coming on to me a little bit, like <laughs> like like she's flirting with me. Yeah. And what was happening is you're right. Your mom was trying to set me up with Tony. Yep. Yeah. 
And that is how you met my mother, Tony. Well, then. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, that's how. And then I went back to your mom. And so when mom finally got there, because she got there after Tony, there was this weird period of time where I was like, I don't know what's going on. But then I. um, So I see your mom and she and she says, have you met my I said, I met your roommate. And she said, yeah. What, What do you think of what are you thinking? And I said, well, I'm pretty confused. And she said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, because through the whole, like, rehearsal process and this production, and I really felt like there was something between you and I. And I'm curious to see where that goes and to explore that, you know, between us as things go forward. And I'd kind of like to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, now I'm pretty confused because obviously I treated this moment in a more of a mature way, you know? Yeah. And so we had a toast to confusion, and I sent her a dozen roses the next day. Aw. Were you flexing this whole time? Totally. As you should. (laughs) Yes. I pretty much flex all the time. Oh, yeah. That's how you build muscle. We never work out. We just constantly flex (laughs) 24-7. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a siren in the background. You can probably hear that. Okay, I'll, I'll use this to take us up in my The coffee. siren for the segue. So that was the beginning of our relationship story. We won't go much further. That's There's plenty more to come. Um, so what do you want to talk about next, Mags? Um, the Greatest Showman. That was a terrible segue. I just read it on the board that we wanted to talk about that, so I said it. Well, <laughs> it's not that we want to talk about it, but it came up, the movie The Greatest Showman, um, at one point in, a, in one of our Pushing the Pool videos, when we were asking each other like questions, and, mm-hmm. and I said, do I like The Greatest Showman? And you said, no. No. You, you don't like that movie, which was the correct answer. And we got a lot of comments. Yeah, because it's a great movie. Like, it's so well done. Acting's incredible. Cinematography is incredible. Choreography, music. Like, it is so beautiful. However, it, it's inaccurate. Well... I was I, I went into that movie with such great expectations because, you know, I've got a love of circus mm-hmm. and of the history of circus. Um, and yes, it was it was fantastic and fabulous and at the same time very shameful in some ways and and taking advantage of people and um, it was ugly and dirty and nasty and sweaty, but also beautiful. Like, like that whole contrast. Um, and knowing people in Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, who performed, I I got an invitation to audition for Ringling Brothers. Did, I don't know if you know that when mm-hmm. I was in high school, and it was like you know I was a senior in high school or something like that, and they were looking for acts. And they were coming through Chicago. I was like, mm, I, I don't want to audition, run away, and join the circus. I kind of yeah. wanted. No, I wasn't even a senior. I was a sophomore because we hadn't moved to Georgia yet. Mm. Um, but I was like, no, I'll go check it out. And so seeing that whole environment and kind of behind the scenes has been really interesting to me throughout my whole life. Um, and I know it intimately. Like, you know, being backstage at Cirque du Soleil shows, I remember mm-hmm. when Cirque first came out. Um, and I know the story of P.T. Barnum, right? And so it was almost as if as soon as that movie started and the music started and I realized, like, how overly produced the music soundtrack is great and mm-hmm. people love the music and on its own independently, they're great songs and they're very catchy and very fun and uplifting. Um, but it was like just even the music to me rang false. Cause it's like, it was totally out of step with the period. And like I had, I had formed a very immediate bias against the movie. You just didn't like the approach. Yes. Gotcha. And then, and then like to, to see the story of Barnum, 
completely devoid of any historical mm -hmm. accuracy. And from the, the standpoint of like, just trying to portray this guy as this great humanitarian and liberator yeah. of people when in fact, you know, the, the freak show was mm -hmm. his thing. And yeah. the, the, the people who were the bearded lady and the, you know, the, the, those, the other freak show characters. It was not an empowerment thing. They were never the center stage of anything. They were the, they were the ones you walk through on the way to the big tent and they were like yeah. off to the side and they were treated horribly. Exactly. Yeah. That was my issue. It yeah. was like knowing some of the history and just being like, Oh, we're, we're glorifying this when in fact it was, it was not a, yeah. But not the, a perfect thing. But there are great aspects to his character too. Like PT Barnum was the greatest showman of his era. And he understood things about, about um, human, human beings and what they wanted and how to create it and how to make it happen and how to collaborate and be successful in business. There's a lot of great aspects to his character. Like nobody's either completely evil or completely great, but it seemed to me like circus and the whole world of circus was just used as, a throwaway in that movie as like some silly backdrop to tell this other unrelated story. And, you know, I guess that's how Hollywood does things sometimes. But for me, because it was so personal, that's why um, it felt that way. So tell me the story about the person who tried to kill you. Oh my gosh. I had almost forgot about that. Okay. So he didn't try to kill me. Um, Good. I don't think. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> He's actually outside now. No, I'm kidding. Um, but... I was pulling into a like Walgreens CVS thing, whatever, and it was really poorly set up. Like you pulled in, there was only one spot you could pull in, but it was a one way, but it was a really wide one way where it looked like a um like two two lanes into the parking lot. Okay. Right next to like the entrance to CVS. Right. And so a car pulled in in front of us and went through. And so we we're like, okay, I guess this is the way people are going. Okay. Like, I guess it's just kind of understand because honestly, like three cars could fit side by side. That's how big this so area was. So it wasn't was. like tight. It no. was, wasn't like a one way deal. No, absolutely not. Um, and so once we were in, then we realized it was a one way, but there was a car who also made the same mistake behind us. So we couldn't turn around. So we're like, okay, we'll just go through. Um, we're on the right side. A car turns coming the other way, which is technically the correct way. And so I pulled to the side because I'm like, okay, we're going to let him by. And instead of going by, he decides to floor it and pull up right, like swerves. So he comes right in front of me, like nose to nose, and then just starts like yelling at the top of his lungs. Wow. And I wasn't alone. Like I had a friend in the car and stuff. And I, we were literally like, what? Do you, like there were other cars behind me trying to do the exact same thing. And when we went into CVS and stuff, we saw the whole time cars were going back and forth. Like, that's just how it worked in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. It wasn't and very clear. It sounds yeah, like they didn't have any good he, signage. But he literally floored it to go straight up to me, like nose-to-nose cars. And I was literally like, what do you want you from scared? me right now? I was upset. I was really upset. Yeah, um, I would be too. Because I was just like, how immature. Like, it wasn't like it was a kid. It was an older, like, maybe, like, 40 50 year old man with his wife in the car or whatever i'm like wow you're setting a real good example here like mm -hmm. I, I bet she's so proud of you um but i so like i backed up um 
and it's not like I could go to the left around him or anything because I was literally on the right because I was being respectful so he could go by. Um, and so he starts to go by me and he rolls down his window like he wants to start something. And I literally, I, I, I just, I did like this kind of wave. A little sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, hi. And I think I even said, I was like, have a great day. Like I didn't look at him. I just said it for myself yeah. and drove by because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain you right now. No. Like you're being a child. Um well, and that is a little scary. Uh, you know, so I'm glad he didn't actually get out of the car. That would have gotten even scarier to escalate it to that point. And it sounds like you did the right thing, just kind of letting it all play out. Yeah, I've had so many people get mad at me while driving, not because I'm doing bad things. Like, I've had people flick me off because I let someone in. And I'm oh. like, what? <laughs> I'm from Georgia. I know. That's I'm what like, we do. Like, sorry, we believe in blinkers. <laughs> 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 it's it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, I have I hadn't had anyone be that aggressive, yeah. I guess. Um, and it was just so stupid. It's you know like, what I do in those situations or try to, like if it, it definitely will raise my blood level, you know, my mm-hmm. anxiety a little bit and my heart rate and could put you in that fight or flight kind of mindset. But as quickly as I can, what I try to do is to like flip the story and tell a better story. And usually it's something in, along the lines of like, I feel sorry for that person. Yeah. But they have to, respond to their world that way. Or I don't know what happened in their life today. Like they could Mm -hmm. have lost somebody really close to them or they could have just gotten fired from their job or there's something going on with that person that's really unhealthy and I feel sorry for them and the way they have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And by extending at least some empathy or understanding, it's certainly not responding in kind, but responding with kindness. Yeah. Like maybe I can help defuse the bomb. I didn't react that way. Um, I didn't think about that. I try and have that mindset in like traffic and stuff. Yeah. When everything's held up because of an accident, trying to remember like somebody's day is going a lot worse than your own because mm-hmm. like there's a reason that there's traffic. And you always pray um, at that moment. You're like praying pray, for that praying person. Praying for sirens and such. Oh my gosh. I would say there was this one time. I Who was I in the car with? Was I in the car with maybe mom? Or someone, maybe it was Aiden or Rachel, I'm not sure. But I was driving. It was when I was still in Atlanta. And the person who was in the car with me was complaining about the traffic. And I I said, I was like, hey, because you could see cops up ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see that something was going on. And I was like, hey, someone's having a lot worse day than us. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. And we get up there, and it was like the the stop was for no reason. There was like one cone in the road that everyone was just stopping to yes. go around. And like, it was so stupid. And I was like, I take all of my prayers back. <laughs> I take them all back. This is so dumb. <laughs> I pray for the person who put the cone there that they, yeah. they smarten up in life. And it wasn't just the cone. Like you can get around the cone easily. It's everyone was stopping up there to be like, huh, I wonder why this cone Taking here. a picture of the cone <laughs> for their yeah. friends. They're like, oh, well, this, this is fun. Let's stop. This is a rest stop. That's, that's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's interesting is sitting with you here, I, I want to just keep going. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want this episode to end, so maybe it could be just a little bit longer. But you got to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go get your foot checked out. Yeah, just to make sure. I think it's going to be fine, but you Sorry, never Sorry, did I just expose you there real quick? Well, we talked about the fact that I hurt oh, my yeah, foot yeah, on yeah. the last episode, but it's, you know, it's healing. Like, I'm still doing stuff. I'm, I'm doing dancing on it and TikToks and... But it still hurts, and so I want to make sure I'm not doing anything, you know, extra, extra dumb. Yeah, yeah. Just feet being, are important. Take safe. care of your feet, kids. Absolutely. But I do want to answer one other question pretty quickly. Okay. 
um, and as I do, um, to basically tell everybody, when you go out, if you want to ask us questions, and really for a lot of different reasons, you should go out to wholesomechaos.com. That's where we have links for all our sponsors, sponsors of this particular episode for better help, uh, as well as that code that you can use to get the discounts, uh, and really all of our past sponsors as well, so you can see that. You can ask us questions, you can get resources for better communication within your family, and and just basically learn more about us, see videos, things like that. And so it's kind of like where we're trying to build a community. So go out to wholesomechaos.com, and thank you for all your questions. We read all your questions. We can't answer them all on the show, but we will definitely reach out to some of you and um, just answer the emails as well. But this is a great one. This is mostly a question for Dan, but I feel but feel free to chime in too. I'm a new dad to a beautiful four-month-old daughter, and I want to have Aww. a similar relationship with her that you two have. Any suggestions or advice on how to go about uh, that or what to keep in mind for the next 18 years? Trust me, it's longer than 18 years. It keeps going forever and ever. <laughs> Love the podcast and the TikToks, Nick and Ellie, and maybe Ellie's his, his daughter or maybe his wife, I'm not sure. But Nick, um, what I tell all new, all fathers of daughters, really at any ages, is I first recommend a book, which is Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters by Meg Meeker, which was a really important book to me. Um, I love this book. It really helped me understand the relationship and the unique uniqueness of a father-daughter relationship and how to like reframe some of the challenges that you get from your daughter about what you do, not following the rules or pushing back against things and and what that really means as a means to test like how much this man in their life really loves them because you exemplify like the 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 way that they want to be treated and the way that they will they will be perceived standards uh, standards that they will that they will accept from other men in their life too so definitely check out that book super important um, do you have something you'd like to say, Maggie? I was going to see if Mama wanted to add anything in as a parent. If you don't want to be on camera, I can cover you. I'll just I'll stand right in front of the camera and say, "Don't look at her." So as she's coming, <gasps> this she's way. coming. Special guest appearance from Shilia, the amazing Mother Thurman. And you would see her if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're not no, watching, you won't. Any- I'll be editing me out. <laughs> um, I would say, Maggie, come here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's my hat? The um, the thing that I tell people, it's like this, this relationship did not happen overnight. It happened over the entire life of our children that we were just very communicative from the get-go. We talked to our kids as people, not as babies or toddlers or whatever, and um, started that relationship from the get-go. Maggie, when she was little, we started having girl talk, and then she would have, you know, dad time too. And so we, our kids were used to talking to us all the time. And I didn't, I knew, people used to say after we had our son and then I got pregnant again, and they were like, oh, don't you want a, a, you know, a daughter? And I was like, I'd love a little girl. I don't want a teenage daughter. (laughs) But then I got this amazing daughter. But it's because you can't just all of a sudden have a teenager and think like, well, we just have a terrible relationship. It's like, no, that relationship starts with that baby. Mm-hmm. And as you as as she grows up, having those relationships and being comfortable talking about anything and everything. And Maggie likes to talk about anything and everything. Anything and everything. And but we, your whole yes. point, was, babe, which was really great and important, was 
it doesn't matter what you're talking about in the beginning. It's about creating the space for the conversation to happen because that's the space where future conversations that are going to be of much more seriousness or greater importance or urgency or fear or whatever, they have a home in that place and in that space. Yeah. Yeah, and so you just did an incredible job with that, and especially knowing that I was traveling a lot, like we talked about on the last episode. It's like knowing that that was happening was just a great comfort to me because I always felt, uh, you know, our parenting was in good hands with you there as well. And the other thing I would add is tell them you love them. Like <laughs> use use yeah. those words, I love you. It, I mean, it breaks my heart when people say, I've, I never heard my parents tell me that they loved me. And I... And I think that that has to come back from that idea of they never heard it from their parents, and so they didn't know how to say it or express it. Or butterfly they, effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's actually more an accurate use of oh, that word. Okay, cool. But the, uh, the 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 ripple effects of of one bad decision or or not feeling like you're deserving of love is is a big part of it too. Um, but as I think Maggie said in a previous episode you can be the one mm-hmm. that the child can be the one to just start saying, I love you. Maggie says, I love you about 30 to 50 times a day. Y'all have told me to not to say it less before as a kid. They're like, well, we literally stop saying it to you be, say it to be careful. Well, with not intent, not yeah, like don't to, say to not degrade want. the meaning. I exactly. Guess. And, and I got accused of that for my mom. I remember like, sometimes in my, uh, in my <laughs> youth, I would say I love you in situations like where I was in trouble and Ooh. almost like as a tool to say, don't forget, I love you. Love you. I'm trying to get out of this. And, and mm. it's like, uh-uh, you know, love is, love is one thing. Doing what's right and, and standing up for the disciplines, what's important is another thing. Um, but y- you really can't oversay it, you know? No, you can't. Um, and just, and it's-, it's better to show it and say it than to try to do one or the other. For sure. Yeah. So as we uh, as we wrap this up, as we get closer to the ep- uh, rest we- of the episode, do you have a? What would you like our listeners to do, Maggie? <gasps> okay, I forgot to do this last week. I would love it. Oh my gosh, am I crushing you? No, no, no. I wanted <laughs> okay, you. Okay. I wanted your head not cut off in your camera over there. I would absolutely love it if you guys would go to our website and check out all of our socials. Um, website's super duper cute. There's a lot of fun features on it. Super aesthetic. Um, <laughs> and you can follow both of us on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. Each of our own channels. Follow this on YouTube if you want. You don't have to, but just listen to it. Tell your friends. Um, spread the word about wholesome chaos spread the word about wholesome chaos if you like us if you don't like it keep it to yourself and have a wonderful day (laughs) (laughs) that was an awesome call to action thank you well we love you maggie i love you guys too and we love all of you so take care have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon bye As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 